0: Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. This Wednesday before Thanksgiving, yes it is November 22nd, 2023 This is episode 289 Uh, I realized a few weeks ago I gave the wrong number So I wanted to clarify for all of you that it is episode 289 It is the day before Thanksgiving 2023 At least Thanksgiving down here in the States I know those of you in the great white north of Canada celebrated Thanksgiving last month um. Now, how you guys doing? Huh? Doing good? Doing well? Did you guys watch Good Burger 2 today? Because I did. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, Dave Filoni got promoted to Chief Creative Officer at Lucasfilm. Whatever that may entail. I mean, I know he's already pretty high up there at Lucasfilm. I'm guessing, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's just kind of head of the studio, which makes sense, and uh, he's going to be the one in charge of creative efforts which nothing wrong with that that's definitely a role that that dave should be in we'll talk about that more later i don't want to waste time talking about stuff like that here at the beginning of the show um and we're gonna do my 90s rom-com list yes 90s rom-com i i think you could make an argument that the rom-coms of the 90s were the best rom-coms in general i don't know we'll get to that though at the end of the show Uh, Just a couple of quick show notes as per usual. I'm not going to tell you to go to the website this week because the website is currently under construction. I'm switching website hosts, making some changes. So be on the lookout for that. The link tree that I have on all my social medias is still there. So if you guys need updates on the show in the meantime, please, please, please follow me on social media at... Nick's Nerd News on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Threads. We're on, we're on all of those. Uh, and Discord, even. Meanwhile, uh, follow my TikTok, my personal TikTok, The Nick Falco. It's, it's technically the show's TikTok and my personal TikTok, however you guys want to view that. So give me a follow over there. The link trees are live there. And, of course, follow us. Subscribe to us on all major podcasting platforms. You know, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Uh, I think we just went on another new one. So, nothing, not, not, not going to be able to write in your browser right now, but uh, we will get you there soon. So, just be on, on the lookout for that. Uh, like I said, websites under construction shouldn't be for much longer, but um, that's what's happening right now. Other than that... I will uh, defer to the news, shall we? Let's get to it. All right, so video game news not a whole lot. It's a slow week. Um, in general, really, for everything. Uh, you know, it's a holiday week, not a lot of th- things going on. Before we get too deep into this week's news, I want to talk about something that I completely forgot. On literally brought it up towards the end of the podcast when we were going over my 90s, uh, what do we do, 90s Disney Channel movies last week. Um, but I, I, Hogwarts Legacy was also snubbed at the Game Awards. And... and that could be for political reasons, and I, I could understand that. Um, other people are making the argument maybe it just wasn't that good, or maybe because it came out so early in the year that so many other games that were better than it came out later in the year. And, and all those are valid arguments. I still think it should have made at least one or two categories. It didn't. Um, so that that's very interesting. It's very interesting indeed. Is it a purposeful snub? Was it a, a accidental snub? A, a, a lot of things can be made about it. We're not going to waste too much time because we're way beyond that. And we'll probably revisit it when the Game Awards actually happens. Um, literally in... What is that? Uh, two two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow will be the, the Game Awards. So we'll, we'll talk about it then. Anywho, why don't we keep moving on? So... There is apparently a Wonder Woman video game in the works. Uh, There were several job listings popping up uh, around the internets and things like this, suggesting that it may actually be a live service game. That was due to job listings. However, uh, and this is being made by Monolith Productions, but Warner Brothers is saying that it will be a single-player game. Um, of course, Monolith is famous for making the Shadow of Mordor games. And uh, they're looking for a lead software engineer of gameplay on Wonder Woman. And the this was noticed by WCCF Tech. And the job listing said, quote, Helping maintain a live software product or game, unquote. So a lot of people see that and they want to run for the hills nowadays. But Warner Brothers has issued a statement to IGN saying, quote, Wonder Woman is a single-player action-adventure game set in a dynamic open world. This third-person experience will allow players to become Diana of Themyscira and introduce an original story set in the DC Universe while also featuring the Nemesis system. Wonder Woman is not being designed as a live service, unquote. Now, all I heard in that was Nemesis system, and you can sign me the hell up. The Nemesis system has been severely underutilized since shadow of war came out oh god it's been so long since shadow of war came out that um what year did that come out <laughs> let's look i just happen to have my my list of gamings up i use a i use spreadsheets to to track movies and <laughs> games um let me see shadow of war was 2017 so almost almost 7 years ago was the last time the nemesis system was used in a video game. And uh, it's 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 much overdue. Much, much overdue. I'm very excited to hear about that. The Embracer group has announced. That it has laid off more than 900 staff. Uh, or fi- 5% of its workforce. Jesus. They're so big. Uh, since its financial struggles started happening earlier this year. Especially after that, that $2 billion investment from the saudi government fell through um this is crazy and they they've announced that more will come so the embracer group is going to lay off more than a thousand people in gaming the gaming industry has had an amazing year and a very dark year all at the same time um volition was closed earlier this year which sucks because volition is a great studio um so during a financial presentation that was recently held by the Swedish company, uh, they said their headcount was reduced by 713, which included 511 developers and 202 non-developers, uh, and an external headcount was reduced by 191, which mean uh, which also they announced at least 15 unannounced projects were written down across all of their studios, including Gearbox Play, P- Play on. Saber Interactive, THQ Nordic. Um, this was during a quarter two financial report, but it it just sucks that uh, they've laid that many people off, and it, it unfortunately they're going to lay off more. That that's a lot of a lot of people to lose their jobs. It's a lot of games to be canceled, and they were resting. I think they were relying too heavily on that two billion dollar investment from the the Saudi government, but. Game development's getting harder, more expensive, and taking longer. So it, it's it's a lot harder to recoup your investment. I, I understand both sides. It sucks. I, I don't agree with it. Um, not every game needs to be a giant AAA level open world game. Um, I, I think while I do enjoy that, and I would prefer they were all like that, realistically, I don't have the time for that. A lot of people don't. People's, you know, attention spans are shrinking. So I, I think if they went back to making shorter—I don't mean short, short, but I mean shorter, like one-off experiences—I I think they could start making money again, which could fund larger projects. I—I I don't know. I don't know. It's—it's a—it's a double-edged sword, right? It's a catch-22, if you will. As I continue to just throw out metaphors at you and turns of phrase, but. It, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic, to say the least, where you, know, you have Sony and Microsoft who are juggernauts in the gaming space nowadays, and you don't see them laying off a lot in the gaming world. Uh, across tech in general this year, there's been massive layoffs, but the hardest hit studio at Microsoft was really only 343. Sony, yes, there's been layoffs across the board, but not to this level. We haven't heard a whole lot out of Tencent though, um, but but the Embracer Group, which is one of the largest independent, I will say independent, but their own publishing house uh, on the level of Sony and Microsoft, and they're they're getting hit hard. They own so many studios, they've spent a lot of money on different things in the past and it's kind of coming back to, to kick them in the ass now. But it sucks because people are losing their jobs. It really does. Um... It's hard to move on. It's hard to segue from that. Uh, but the next story is in regards to NVIDIA and their GeoForce Now service. Uh, they have announced that you are now able to sync your Xbox account and access PC Game Pass titles via the service. Uh, this all came out of the the uh, Activision Blizzard merger lawsuit and deals were made with NVIDIA so Microsoft could appease different regulators and regulatory bodies Uh, in a blog post from NVIDIA. It says, quote, members can now connect their Xbox accounts to GeoForce Now to sync the games they own to their GeoForce Now library. Game syncing lets members connect their digital game store accounts on GeoForce Now. So all of their supported games are part of their streaming library, unquote. Uh, NVIDIA also said that by syncing your account, it will add any supported titles uh, that you can access from BC, PC Game Pass subscription. And uh, of course this is a deal linked with Microsoft over all of that. Now I don't know. But you have to have. I think you have to have a Geoforce Now subscription. You can also uh, link your Ubisoft Plus subscri- subscription. Uh, and Ubisoft game Plus games added as well. Um, Fortnite has pissed several people off recently. Uh, A few weeks ago, the OG update came out, bringing back the original Twisted Towers map, I think that's what it's called, and there's a new frustration, though, that I I think it's already been rolled back, but Epic announced, this was on the 16th, so about a week ago, Epic announced that all Fortnite islands will have age ratings, um, which was really strange. It, it, Put age ratings on cosmetic items as well. So, if you if you have a uh, uh, if you have a cosmetic item that's not compatible with an island's age rating, you cannot wear it if you play on that island, and would be replaced by a default item. But, however, Fortnite and Epic put out a statement saying, "Quote, more on today's rating announcement. About seven percent of Fortnite outfits can only be equipped in islands rated teen." Over the next year we will enable most of these outfits to be compatible with all ratings by having them auto adjust appearance based on the island you want to play, unquote. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. How so like if you're like John Wick or something, I that doesn't I don't understand how you can put an age rating on a cosmetic item. That that really makes no sense. Um <laughs> I just Uh, But they've also announced that they've disabled it. Um, Fortnite via tweet said, quote, We hear your feedback on our back with more info. Until we have our long-term solution, cosmetic gating will be off for the majority of cosmetics, starting with the version 28 update. Holy shit. Version 28.0. And you can use any cosmetic at our next big game event. Uh, More at the link, unquote. So that's wild to me. Again, I don't. How do you how do you age restrict a cosmetic item? I Fortnite is not a game that has like nudity or or like blood and guts. So I I don't understand the the this this thing. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't. Granted, I don't play Fortnite, but again, I, from what I've seen, it it's not you know bad, but. It's Fortnite, first world problems. That's that's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. Uh, Capcom has announced that a Dragon's Dogma 2 showcase will be happening later this month, which just probably means next week because you know the month is over in a week. Uh, this is wild news. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has fallen out of the top 20 best selling selling games in the U.S. for the first time. In six years, yes, since its its debut in 2017, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has been one of the most top-selling games in the United States. Um, I think I bought it last year, to be honest, so I contributed to that. But, uh, per gamesindustry.biz, uh, for the month of October, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was gone. It had been there for 78 consecutive months in the top 20 which is wild that is nuts um it it, it might be a record according to uh Circana um and Matt Piscatella who who runs game industries um or he Matt Piscatella does like top 20 he does lists for 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 gaming uh i guess they had to go back to 1995 to see um what happened granted Grand Theft Auto 5 might still be on the list. However, digital sales of that stopped being reported in 2020. So a lot of things fell off those charts. So if, if digital sales, um, that's nuts, man. Five, seven straight years, six straight years of being on the top 20. Um... People think that we're so hot on the heels of the announcement for the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, which is coming out next year. Uh, David Hayter, who was the voice of of Snake for the longest time, has been teasing a lot of work with Konami, leading people to think that we're also going to get a Metal Gear Solid 4 remake. If that's true, I don't know. Uh, I would welcome it, considering I've only played Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to get that collection, and then of course the 3 remake when it comes out. Um, but if Metal Gear Solid 4 remake comes, I think a lot of people would be happy. Just It sucks that we're not going to get anything beyond 5 because of the fallout between Kojima and, and Konami, of course. Uh, in a new leak, there was uh, a, a lot of stuff announced that unannounced Gearbox games were found um a developer who worked uh who used to work for Gearbox posted games he worked on on his LinkedIn page uh, it was all deleted um they were apparently being built in Unreal Engine 4 Eurogamer found the uh found the reference and uh this was all someone who worked at Lost Boys Interactive which is a division of Gearbox which was purchased by embracer group uh these games that were leaked that were being worked on were apparently borderlands 4 is coming tiny tina's wonderlands 2 i know the first game got a lot of love a lot of people were playing it a new brothers in arms game which uh, i think would be welcomed a lot of people and very much enjoy the brothers in arms franchise uh and I think that was it. Just uh, just those three. I don't know if there was anything else announced in that. But those are all three beloved, beloved um, franchises. I think the last Brothers in Arms game. Let's see. The last mainline game was 2008's Brothers in Arms Hell's Highway. Um, fourth game was cancelled. And, yeah, it, it got turned into Battleborn, the fourth game that was supposed to come out. So, Brothers in Arms has been dead for over a decade. I had one of them. It was really hard. The game was really hard. It was the first one. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Gearbox, working on games. So, if you've ever played The Simpsons Hit and Run... Uh, And if you have, you probably loved it, because it was one of the best games made back in the early 2000s, especially on on PlayStation 2. Well, the developers behind the game are are joining the fans in their confusion over why a sequel was never made. Uh, Hit and Run was kind of like a Simpsons Grand Theft Auto, uh, if I remember properly. So programmers Kerry Brisbois and Greg Greg Mayer, producer Stephen Boxa, designer Darren Evanson, executive producer John Melchior, and designer-writer Chris Mitchell um, were in a call with reporter Ben Hansen, which was uh, on the Min Max YouTube channel. Um, and there was a game, a follow-up, that was apparently being worked on, according to the developers. And uh, production was halted causing them to say they didn't know why. Uh, Quote, it was a five-game deal for less money than I think Vivendi paid for the first game. Uh, He was just like, I don't understand. I gave it to you on a silver platter. Why aren't you just saying yes and doing these games? It was just a really bizarre decision. I'll never understand it. Most people on a production level level never understood it, unquote. That was Melchior. Um, God, Vivendi Universal made it? That's crazy back in 2003, 20 years ago. Um oh yeah, that was the alien one. Yeah, it was like I said it was like a Grand Theft Auto game but in the Simpsons universe. They also had the Simpsons uh I can't think of the name right now, but it was like it was like Crazy Taxi. I very much loved that game as well. But that's crazy. I wish I wish they made another one. Would have been so good. Would have been so good. Um how about this? I I I don't know if you guys were really into RTS games or as are into RTS games as much as I am. One of my favorites uh is Star Wars Empire at War and it's also cuz it's Star Wars. It it I didn't realize it's been 17 years since it came out the original version of it. Um I think I got another I think I got a newer version I think through a Humble Bundle a while back. The mod community for it is still very active. One of my favorite YouTubers, Eckhart Slatter, uh, he has a second YouTube channel that he posts a lot of gameplay of it. He's a big Star Wars creator. Well, 17 years later, Petroglyph has uh, updated the game. So this is a the very active game. There's at least 2,000 players active on Steam regularly playing it. Uh, So many content updates... So many mods, excuse me, have been added to the game. They've added Clone Wars content. They've added more Thrawn stuff. Well, a maintenance patch was released earlier this month. Um, Online functionality ended almost 10 years ago. Multiplayer was re-enabled on the Steam version with Workshop support in 2017. Um, The game originally came out in 2006... And a new patch that was literally released this week, uh, I think it was on Monday, was released by Petroglyph, and it was massive. Uh, It has converted both Empire War and its expansion forces of corruption from 32-bit to 64-bit, which is is a big deal for a game that's that old. Uh, The developer said it should solve out-of-memory bugs, crashes, and things like that. Petroglyph also updated multiplayer out-of-sync issues, which should update stability. They made numerous gameplay fixes, including balance and unit behaviors. And there's also uh, a renewed interest in modding because of the 64-bit support. So, yeah, like I said, around 2,000 concurrent players on Steam at any given moment. That is a lot um, of people. It's enough for the multiplayer to keep going. Um... The strangest part, though, is it, it doesn't make any sense because what is Petroglyph doing? Uh, they did release a new game earlier this year called The Great War: of The Western Front, um, and they also did Command and Conquer Remastered back in 2020, which which I do own. Um, but does this mean? I, I highly doubt a new Star Wars RTS is coming. As much as I would like to dream that that it is, I doubt that there's one coming. Uh, is a new? Is there a possibility of new DLC? I don't know. That that's wild because other old games have received new DLC. I mean, we're still getting new DLC for Age of Empires 2. <laughs> right? So, if new DLC for Age, uh, Empire at War came out, I would be giddier than a schoolboy on christmas if if a new game came out i would be just as giddy because i love rtss and i love star wars rtss more than anything okay if 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 i got like a new red alert i'd be super stoked if i got a new star wars rts i would be like to the moon and back there is there is no thing i love more than star wars rts i played so much Empire at War, I played so much Galactic Battlegrounds, like, I, I do not say that lightly with a lot of games, but when I would sit on my computer, I would play Empire at War, or I would play Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, so, believe me when I say, this is very welcome news to me, and I hope it means more to come, I really do, I really, really do, um, Cyberpunk 2077 Ultimate Edition was recently announced, uh, essentially updating the game and allowing you to purchase, I think, everything, including Phantom Liberty and the new 2.1 update, or however you want to call it. Well, like I said, it is getting a physical release. It's going to be three discs on Xbox, making it the first three-disc game on the Xbox Series X. I think the first three-disc game on Xbox in general in a while. Which is huge. Not many games are two discs in general nowadays. But the fact that it's three is wild to me. Actually, I think the first Cyberpunk was two discs. Let me check. Okay, the first, the the, the first, I say the first game. The, the original version was two discs as well. Which, again, not very prominent on Xbox games. So yeah, three, three discs for Ultimate Edition. Uh, a major lawsuit is moving forward against PlayStation. A London tribunal, so this is in in the UK, is is being reported by Reuters. So the lawsuit was filed last year, alleges that Sony, quote, is abusing its position as the main seller of digital games on the PlayStation Store by charging a 30% commission to developers and publishers, unquote. So... The lawsuit essentially is claiming that PlayStation is overcharging for digital games and DLC. Uh, It could end up costing them $7.9 billion if if they are found liable. Um, Alex Neal, a consumer rights advocate in the UK, brought forth the lawsuit. It does have a website with a dedicated facts page. And it's arguing that this began in August of 2016. The page reads, quote, Sony has been exploiting its UK customers by charging them too much for PlayStation digital games and in-game content via its control over the entire PlayStation ecosystem. It is anti-competitive, unquote. So, this is something I might technically agree with. I really think if you're going to buy a digital version of a game, I don't think you should be charged the full price for it. And hear me out, hear me out. I understand they're trying to cover production costs across the board, right? So it's, it makes sense where the product costs the same across the board. But it is not a physical medium. You're not buying the disc. You're not buying the case. Now, realistically, the case and the disc are probably the cheapest. Are probably the cheapest, like part of the game. Okay, that that's just. I, I, I'm sure you're pretty much getting those for free, and you're paying for the digital rights and all that. So, uh, d- do I think a digital version of a game should cost 70 No, but I think 60 or $10 cheaper would be reasonable. Uh, some people say half price. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. Uh, but realistically, it should not be the exact same price. Like, cut out the cost of the physical media, and then maybe I can jump on board with Uh, charging, not charging full price, or or, I don't know, do I think that's going to happen, probably not, so let's talk about the Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake that Ubisoft announced many years ago that a lot of people thought has turned into vaporware, well, according to Ubisoft, on Twitter, due to, it's 20 years, Jesus, to celebrate the uh, 20th anniversary of the original release They put on Twitter Quote As you know, the passionate team at U- Ubisoft Montreal Is reimagining This legendary story We are glad to announce today that the project has passed An important internal milestone And development is progressing We look forward to sharing more in the future Unquote What, what does that mean? What 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 is That doesn't tell me anything What's the milestone? <laughs> um it was announced in 2021 Mo- development was moved from Ubisoft Pune, Prune, I don't know where that is, to an Ubisoft Mumbai to Montreal in May of last year. Um I I and they were still working on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So <laughs> Sure, the game's coming, yes, per Ubisoft, if you're waiting. Uh, Rockstar has made an interesting change in the wake, in the wake? In the upcoming wake, no, that's not right either. Um, In the wake of the announcement of the trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6. There we go, that, that that's better. So, the social club, which is... Rockstar's online thing. Um, I, I don't know how to describe uh, its membership system, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. You could log in, you can get certain DLC stuff. Uh, you you kind of needed a social club account to play GTA, GTA 5 online and Red Dead Online. And uh, it's not being called the social club anymore. As uh, So PC Gamer found this, um, and it looks like it's uh, now going to be just called the Rockstar Games Club. So, you have Rockstar... So, no more social club friends, social club members, social club anything. It's just the Rockstar Games members or Rockstar Games friends. Uh, Rockstar has yet to make an official announcement on it, but the... Social Club branding has been removed from its web sti- website, um, but who knows what uh, what's going to happen with that. I, I remember if you had a Rockstar Games Social Club account, you could unlock special vehicles or something in GTA V. It's been a decade since I played the game. I, I can't really remember, um, but I do remember some of that. Uh, Bungie and CD Projekt Red have announced a crossover event where Witcher content is coming to Destiny 2 in the form of cosmetic items. Call of Duty 2024 has already leaked, no surprise there. It looks like it will be the Gulf War setting, which is very interesting. So it's Modern Warfare without being Modern Warfare. And it will be in the Black Black Ops series. Uh, This was reported by Windows Central. And... uh, official name hasn't been hasn't been uh decided yet but it is a new leak uh and it is being developed by Treyarch but um will focus on the Gulf War the Gulf War is very very tricky of a setting uh, a lot of things happened in that war good and bad on both sides uh and and if you know the history obviously a lot of people called the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, the Gulf War II. Not gonna go too deep into political things. It's that's not what this show's about. Or, or history, for that matter. Um, I know a lot of things, but I don't go into it because it's this is not the this is not the medium for it. I mean it is the medium for it, but th- this is not the show for it. You're here for nerd stuff, not history and being talked down to. Anyway, um <laughs> Following weeks of, of turmoil and uproar and confusion and sadness and anger, the Knights of the Old Republic remake may still be happening. I say that with a massive question mark. Um, I guess Saber Interactive is still working on it. I, again, I don't know. Uh, Their their game that they're currently developing, Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2, I don't know why I didn't say Warhammer 40k, Um, Space Marine 2 was recently delayed to the end of next year, so I, I don't entirely know what's going on, but Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier posted on Twitter saying, quote, can't say whether KOTOR remake will ever actually come out. But yes, two people from Saber Interactive tell me they're still on it, despite recent rumors that nobody is working on the game. Uh, Saber took the project from Aspire last year, as Bloomberg reported then, unquote. I, I don't know what's going on. If this is true, and I know Sony paid for it, because uh, Sony's technically publishing the game, and it is going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Um, on I'm guessing on console, I don't know if it's going to be on PC, but, I I just... This is sad. This sad. It's a sad state for a game, a franchise so beloved, an IP that is so beloved, that I don't understand how Sony is letting them fumble the bag with their money like this. I put on the Podcast Unlocked Facebook group. Yes, I still use Facebook. Uh, yes, I am part of the Podcast Unlocked group on Facebook. Um, like... If, if this game needs to be saved, Sony should hit up Microsoft. They co-publish it, which would be a wild thing that would never actually happen. Um, but <laughs> um, that that they do this. But I guess Aspire lost it after a demo they built. Just failed to impress anyone at Lucasfilm or Sony. Which then first led to it being on hold. Um, its art director and design director both left the project. And Aspire had worked on it at least three years, um, before it was announced. And then I, I don't understand, I guess. And then Saber Interactive took over. Oh, so it was going to be on PlayStation, PlayStation five and PC, um, a full remake from the ground up. But then of course the embracer CEO, Lars wing has refused to answer any question about it. um, even during a financial presentation last earlier this month saying, quote, I noticed that anything I say to this becomes a headline. So that is my only comment, unquote. I just, um, wow, Aspire wanted to release it last year. Some people think it wasn't going to come out until 2025. Nobody knows if it's ever coming at all. Um, Jesus, man. What, I don't understand how it could take that long and how you could fuck it up that much. I, I don't get it. The story's there. You don't have to rewrite the story. <laughs> like you just need to build the game and the combat and and everything. And the art, the art is already there. Literally, the only thing you have to do is the gameplay and the AI models. And 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 if it's going to be, you know, turn based or not. Other than that, you really don't need to go to the drawing board that much. I don't know if it was going to be canon or not. That that's a, a, a interesting concept because it technically takes place so far before you know anything that's currently canon, even with the High Republic. But you don't really re- need to redesign anything. Revan is is perfect. I mean, I think if anyone if they touch Revan at all, I think you have a full blown riot. Um, but it, it, like. It, it 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 shocks me that this this would take so long. Again, you don't need to redesign anything. Maybe some minor design changes, minor if that. Um, the story's there, so it, realistically, all the dialogue should be there too. Maybe update some of it. You're already bringing back one of the voice actors, Jennifer Hale, to come back as Bastila Shan. I, I don't understand what the issues could be in doing a remake other than maybe not understanding Unreal Engine or getting the combat to look fluid i I don't understand how that would take like a decade to do um it's not a decade but you, you get what i mean i don't I don't understand why it would take like five or six years to do that Most of the heavy lifting is done i I'm assuming I don't know. Game development, but I would assume that you know art direction and art direction and and and, you know story writing would be the bulk of it, and the development technically would be a little easier because of the tools available. So again, I I don't I don't understand. I really don't. So I I'm instead of just going on. And on and on and on and on about this. I'm gonna switch up gears and drive up the five north and head on over to Hollywood and see what's going on over there, shall we? Well, folks, we've made it up to Hollyweird, Hollywood, Holly Weird, however you want to say it. <laughs> um, I, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> uh, Disney Plus released their first trailer for the Percy Jackson and the Olympian show. And it actually looks like really good. Like it, it, It's got a higher production value than what the movies looked like they had. So that, that's a plus in my book. Uh, Bob Iger recently was speaking to investors, you know, amid a lot of Disney's recent troubles. And uh, he let it slip that Zootopia 2 is in the works, along with Frozen 3 and even Frozen 4. Don't cook the golden goose, folks, if you don't have to. Uh, On top of that, we've also learned that they have reached out to both Tom Hanks and... And Tim Allen. Uh, Tim Allen said so on his appearance on The Tonight Show recently. They, they've reached out to them about a potential Toy Story 5. Now, if they've reached out to both of them, what that tells me is it's set more than likely before the events of Toy Story 4. Uh, spoilers for a 5 four-year-old movie, but in Toy Story 4, Woody stays behind and doesn't go back with Buzz and Bonnie. So, if both of them are going to be there, uh, more than likely it would feature them, uh, taking place sometime between Toy Story 3 and 4, maybe before Toy Story 3, I, again, I, I don't know, um, uh, but, do we need a Toy Story 5? Not really. We didn't really need Toy Story 4, either. Uh, I loved it. Don't get me wrong, I very much enjoyed Toy Story 4, but it wasn't necessary. Uh, if anything, do this as a movie that sends buzz off, and then we're done, right? Um... Harley Quinn has been renewed for a fifth season on HBO Max, uh, so that show will continue. I wonder then, that's one of the few pre-James Gunn projects to keep living after. I wonder how they're going to handle that. Um, A teaser was released for the new upcoming prequel series, Ted, based on the Seth MacFarlane Ted movies. Uh, Seth MacFarlane, of course, is reprising the role of Ted and will be uh, premiering January 11th as a limited series, event series, they're calling it. Honestly, if the quality of jokes and animation is as good as the movies, I'm all for it. Uh, A new premiere date has been set for the Donald Glover-led Mr. and Mrs. Smith television show, premiering on Amazon Prime in February. This is, of course, a reimagining of the Brad Pitt Angelina Jolie film that released over a decade ago, I think at this point. Warner Brothers has announced that Dune Part Two has moved up two weeks from its its uh, original well, not original, its original release date. It already would have been out. Uh, It was moved to March fifteenth after the strike started, but now it has moved up to March first of next year. So we do get to see it two weeks early. Uh, A new documentary has been announced that will be going behind the scenes of the making of the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special. Show of hands, who has seen the Star Wars Holiday Special? No one? That makes sense because it aired once and then George Lucas tried to bury it. And only some clips of it have actually been released on Disney+. Of all places, you can get it bootleg. I've never watched all of it, uh, but a new documentary will be dropping online about that. Uh, Michael B. Jordan has been announced as the director of the forthcoming Creed 4. Uh, His directorial debut was, of course, Creed 3, so he's going to be making the sequel to that as well. Um, This has been a wild story all all week. Arteman, who you may know, uh, famously behind Chicken Run, the Wallace and Gromit series, several other films. Uh, it was reported that they were running out of clay. So yes, Arteman Claymation Studio, famous for their clay movies. So they, they've had to do some damage control on this running out of clay story as mm. as well. Um, via the Telegraph, they were facing a crisis. The the the, the clay they used was only made by one producer, and that producer shut its doors earlier this year. Uh, The Telegraph said, quote, This plasticine-like substance is an animator's dream. It's easy to mold, yet keeps its shape under hot studio lights. But in March this year, the only factory that made it, on the outskirts of Torquay, probably didn't pronounce that right, shut up shop, unquote. Um, So, since the 70s, when Artiman first formed, they used what's called Lewis Newplast. That's the clay they used. Um, they bought out the entire stock from the manufacturer's warehouse. Allegedly, they only had enough clay left to make their upcoming Wallace and Gromit film set for release next year. Um, the other reason a lot of the clay was lost was there was a studio fire in like 2008, I think, where Arteman's studio burnt down and a lot of the clay was lost then. Um... However, Artiman was speaking with ITV, another UK outlet, saying, quote, We are touched about recent concern over the future of our beloved clay creations, but wanted to re- reassure fans that there is absolutely no need to worry. We have high levels of ex- existing stocks of modeling clay to service current and future productions. Uh, much like Wallace in his workshop, we have been tinkering away behind the scenes for quite some time with plans, to place, plans in place to ensure a smooth transition to new stocks in the years to come our fans can rest assured new clay's closure will not impact Artiman's ability to continue to make our iconic productions. Unquote. Um, uh, good because I love Artiman films and, uh, it, it chicken run, Dawn of the nugget, the sequel to chicken run comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, so we'll see how that turns out, uh, with an all new voice cast in a shock win this weekend, uh, the Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, has won the box office weekend. The prequel to the Hunger Games technically trilogy, because uh, it was uh, the final film was part one and part two. I guess it's a quadrilogy, quadrology. Quadril- and Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, did not expect this movie to win the weekend. Um, it won with a $98.5 million global haul, $44 million of that in the U.S., uh second place went to I don't remember. Third place was The Marvels though with 10 million showing which was a 78% drop from weekend 1 for The Marvels, the biggest drop in Marvel cinematic history from weekend 1 to weekend 2, uh which also followed up, you know, with it's the lowest opening for a Marvel film as well. The Marvels was a great film. It just gets a lot of undue hate. Um, Moving onward here. We've got some casting news for Superman Legacy, which is uh, James Gunn's upcoming Superman film. And uh, it turns out Nicholas Holt may be playing Lex Luthor. Uh, Deadline is reported he's in late stage talks to take on the role. Now... In talks doesn't necessarily mean it's his. This is, this is the same thing with Pedro Pascal and playing Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four movie. It, it usually means they're very close to it and more than likely are cast. They just need to sign on the dotted line. Uh, but in confirmed casting, we have Skylar Gizondo as Jimmy Olsen, which is probably the most perfect casting I've, I've seen in a very long time across the board. And uh, Sarah Sampaio, who's new to acting, has been cast as Eve Tessmacher, uh, who is Lex Luthor's assistant. Um, this movie's cast keeps ballooning. Granted, I don't think all these people will have major roles. But, again, Skylar Gazondo as, as Jimmy Olsen literally could not be more perfect. Literally one of the most perfect castings. Uh, we've heard that a Jason Bourne movie is in the works. Uh, a director has been found, but no script yet. Um, so, if this is a re- full on reboot or if this is a continuation of the Matt Damon films, has yet to be heard. Um, but another Jason Bourne film is in the works. Uh, the last one made me very motion sick because they used one of those like steady, not steady cams, but like hand cameras where like you were all up in the action. There was way too much movement going on. Um, and then the Jeremy Renner one, one of the few movies I fell asleep in the theater watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, Katie Sackhoff was being interviewed. People, of course, asked her if she was taking over as the lead character in The Mandalorian. Uh, she did confirm, no, Din Djarin's not going anywhere, okay? yes. Uh, Bo-Katan will be a major part of The Mandalorian, but she is not going to become the main focus of The Mandalorian. So everyone can rest assured there. Um, Let's see. In in the most unexpected news ever, Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio have announced a new... A new... Why can't I talk? A new Karate Kid movie. And if you're wondering, wait, what? Yeah, that's right. Apparently the Jackie Chan remake from 2010 is in the same universe as the original Karate Kid movie. Because they're both reprising their roles. So, yeah, I I, I didn't know there was a Karate Kid cinematic universe. Um, Yeah, there's Cobra Kai, but that doesn't, just because you have a show, doesn't make it a, a universe. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Is uh, Jaden Jaden Smith going to be in it too? <laughs> um, A new image was released by Warner Brothers of Colin Farrell as Penguin in his uh, Penguin spinoff show that will be airing on Mac sometime in 2024. Looks good. Disney has dropped uh, the upcoming film The Bike Riders, which was supposed to release next month. Uh, word on the street is Focus Features has picked it up, but it does star Austin Butler uh, in a movie that probably wouldn't have been would have been viewed as very strange as under the Disney banner. Uh, Scream Seven has lost both of its stars, one for political reasons, one for potential scheduling conflicts. Um, Melissa Barrera has been fired from Scream Seven uh, due to her posts in regards to the ongoing Israel and Hamas conflict in uh, the Middle East. And uh, she said, quote, anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, and uh, she said, quote, First and foremost, I condemn anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. I condemn hate and prejudice of any kind against any group of people. As a Latina, a proud Mexicana, I feel the responsibility of having a platform that allows me the privilege of being heard, and therefore I have tried to use it to raise awareness about issues I care about and to lend my voice to those in need. Every person on this earth, regardless of religion, race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, or socioeconomic status, deserves equal human rights, dignity, and of course, freedom. I believe a group of people are not their leadership and that no governing body should be above criticism. I pray day and night for no more deaths, for no more violence, and for peaceful coexistence. I continue to speak out for those that need it most and continue to advocate for peace and safety, for human rights and freedom. Silence is not an option for me. Unquote. Uh, This was in regard to her post on social media several days ago that had um, what some are accusing as anti-Semitic remarks. I I can't speak to that um, because I... Um, I I don't know it, it it insinuated about Jews or Jewish people, excuse me, and and their role in in media, which has been a long long-standing accusation, which is very anti-Semitic. Um, saw, uh, uh, Spyglass put out a statement saying, "quote Spyglass, stance is unequivocally clear. We have zero tolerance for anti-Semitism or the incitement of hate in any form." including false references to genocide, ethnic cleansing, Holocaust distortion, or anything that flagrantly crosses the line into hate speech. Um, Unquote. Look, regardless of what... um, (laughs) Regardless of what you feel about the whole situation in general, when you start saying certain things, you're gonna... There's consequences to what you say, people. I, I... I can't stress this enough. Free speech is not freedom from consequences. You can say and do whatever you like, but that doesn't mean your employer will like it, okay? It 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 it's not a crime. It's not unconstitutional to lose your job over something you say. Okay? Your your freedom of speech is being protected, but that doesn't mean you're protected from its consequences. Do I agree with what she said? No. Do I agree with other things that have happened with other actors in saying things? No. Do I agree they should always lose their job over it? Not necessarily. Um, The Gina Carano thing, for instance. I don't think she necessarily should be fired for what she said. I don't agree with what she said, but I don't think she should be fired. In this instance, uh, it's a little harder to defend. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> again, there's no freedom from consequences. You can say shit, but if you get punched in the face for it, you can't go crying. Okay, fuck around and find out is a lovely saying. It's a lovely saying, and it's true. And and then today, we've learned that Jenna Ortega has lo- have, has left Scream 7. Uh, this is being reported by Deadline, uh, Hollywood Reporter, and Variety. Now, this has nothing to do with Barrera being fired. Uh, this has to do with the Season 2 filming schedule for Wednesday. Um, apparently, this was discussed prior to the actor strike. So, this is not something that happened because of Barrera. Uh, it just it it happened in addition to Barrera, so Scream Seven looks like it's going to be on hold for a while until they can figure out new stars for the movie. Um, in one of our biggest stories tonight, um, we have learned that Dave Filoni has been promoted to Chief Creative Officer at Lucasfilm. Uh, in an interview he did with Vanity Fair. Uh, he he revealed it, saying, quote, In the past, in a lot of projects, I would be brought into it. I would see it after it had already developed a good ways. In this new role, it's opened up to basically everything that's going on. When we're planning the future of what we're doing now, I'm involved at the inception phase, unquote. This is honestly one of the best decisions Lucasfilm has made since the departure of George Lucas. Uh, a lot of people obviously wanted... Dave to take over for George when George sold, but it ultimately went to Kathleen Kennedy. Um, granted, I don't know if Dave knew a lot of the business aspects of, of being a studio head, which... Not a knock on him. I mean, that's that wasn't his bag, right? Uh, I, I think taking this role is, is clearly a step in the direction of he will eventually to, take over for Kathleen, which I don't think anyone would have an issue with. Um You know I'm one of Kathleen's biggest defenders. And I will always defend her. The woman knows what she's doing. Okay. Just because you don't like some of the small decisions she's... Okay, they're not small. But just because people don't like the decisions doesn't mean it's because she's a woman. Okay. People need to get that through their thick skulls. That Kathleen Kennedy is one of the smartest movie producers in Hollywood. There are a ton of movies that all of you love that she has produced. But, you know... There is a issue in the fandom of of Star Wars and, and fandom in general when it comes to women. Um, but I think, again, the, not to take away from Dave, because this is a welcome, welcome thing. I love Dave Filoni. The, the man probably knows more about Star Wars than any other human being alive. And being the chief creative officer is literally going to help Lucasfilm more than anything. And... I guaranteed Kathleen made this decision. Let's not sugarcoat this. Okay. This was a decision by Kathleen. Cause she knows what she's doing. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to make that more plain to people. Um, he will keep his previous role. I think as head. Um, he was promoted to head of something last year too. I don't, I don't remember the exact title, um, but it, it 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 it's it's great that he is taking on this role. He is still directing his own Star Wars movie, so you know he worked with George so much. I'm very very happy for this. I I think Kathleen was probably getting stretched too thin, and this will be a good thing for Star Wars and Lucasfilm in general. Moving on. Uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off, recently premiered on Netflix, and if you haven't watched it, you should, because it's amazing. It's not a one-for-one retelling of the movie, it's not a one-for-one retelling of the manga. It's its own new take on the story, and it's perfect. Having the movie cast back was one of the smartest decisions they made. And the story it tells is so good. It's so different, and it's so good because of it. You definitely, definitely should check it out. And the animation is so great as well. Um. So, the long-running series Top Gear was recently canceled by the BBC. The BBC, sorry, if you couldn't understand that. Uh, it, It's been on continuously, not, not all the time, but off and on since like the 70s. Uh, It famously was hosted by James May, uh, uh, wow, (laughs) Richard Hammond and Jeremy Clarkson uh, up until what? I think 20. I don't remember when they left, but it's uh, 2015 uh, when Clarkson got in a fight with a producer. Uh, Then it was then had several a revolving door of hosts, if you will, since 2015. I'm talking about the British Top Gear, not the American Top Gear. And uh, James May, who of course was famously a host, was speaking with the BBC in regards to the cancellation and had to say this, quote, my honest view is, I can say this now, it does need a bit of a rethink. It's time for a new format and a new approach to the subject because the subject has not been this interesting, I suspect, since the car has been invented, unquote. (laughs) That's such a James May thing to say. I'm trying. Let me think if I can do a James May accent. Because I watch I watch their new show, The Grand Tour. Uh quote, my honest view is this. I can say this now. It does need a bit of a rethink. No, that's not that's not very James May. Captain Slow. Um. Yeah, I I thought I could do a James May impression. I can't. I can do Hammond and Jezza more. But um I guess. It it, it makes sense that he would say that. Uh, He followed up with, quote, saying, um, I've only met Freddy once or twice, but it's obviously more serious than we all thought. Um, It did annoy me a bit because there were a lot of people saying they've done that wrong and now you can come back and rescue it. The bloke's hurt himself very badly in a life-changing way, obviously, and you could perhaps not use it as an opportunity to be partisan. You could perhaps just say, rotten bit of luck, hope you get well soon, unquote. Um, Freddie Flintoff, the current host, was in a bad crash, uh, recently, and that's what led to its cancellation. Um, obviously James May, Hammond, and Clarkson aren't coming back as much as everyone would love them to. I don't think they are, but unfortunately, Top Gear is currently canceled. I'm sure it will be back in several years in some new way. In major TV news, Family Guy will be leaving Sunday nights for the first time since 2002 before its original cancellation. Uh, Family Guy will begin airing on Wednesday evenings starting March with the premiere of season 23. So make sure you set your set-top boxes and DVRs (laughs) if people still have those. Uh, Tim Burton opens up about not wanting sequels or reboots for a nightmare on uh nightmare before Christmas. I think everyone can agree with that. Um, how about this? Uh uh Daisy Ridley was being interviewed about uh her upcoming Star Wars solo Star Wars movie, speaking with Collider. She said that uh quote, I'm very excited. The story is really cool. I'm waiting to read a script because obviously I don't have any other updates. It's not what I expected, but I'm very excited. I haven't read anything, but I know the story. It's really worth telling, worth exploring. I think people will be excited, unquote, she said to The Hollywood Reporter as well. Uh, The film is being directed by Charmaine Obeid Chinoy. It was announced at Celebration earlier this year, and it will take place 15 years after the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Um, Daisy Ridley also said, quote, I was shitting myself before I went on stage, Because no one one knew I was going to that. No one knew I was going to to Celebration, bar like Lucas, before, Lucas President Kathleen Kennedy. And there were a couple of people. I was so nervous, oh my God, unquote. So she also said that she hadn't been approached about the role uh, before February of this year. And then the film was announced April of this year. So things were all moving very, very fast. It looks like... Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, of course, famously said all the new three Star Wars films are deep in development. Maybe they had the story going before they talked to Daisy. I don't know. But I'm excited for a Solo Ray film. I talked about this back in April. I think if it's written well, I think it will do well. Um, How about this? The Writers Guild of America is threatening legal action against Amazon over shows that are still paused. Post-strike. Via the industry newsletter, The Ankler, it says that the Writers Guild of America has sent a stern letter to Amazon Studios over some of their shows that have yet to resume production. Um, Via the WGA, quote, studios are obligated to return writers to work upon termination of the strike, and writers' personal service agreements were extended for a period equal to the portion of the contract term that elapsed during the strike. Uh, it will bring legal action against Amazon and any other studio that violates the, the STA to recover compensation, interest on late payments, and benefit contributions due as a result of the delay. Unquote. That's wild. Almost everyone tried to get back to work immediately to salvage things. Apparently, the show in question is Silk Spider Society, which is a uh, spin-off of the Spider-Verse from Sony. And... uh Prime Video signed a sh- several show deal with them. Several people are behind it. It's very strange, though, that it hasn't gone back to work. Because the, the thing is, these the people working on it can't go get new work. Because they're technically tied to this show. So, Amazon needs to figure it out. <laughs> um, that's kind of it for TV and film news. I do want to talk about Good Burger 2, which released today. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? This movie, it was fun. It was really fun. And I was laughing a little more than I expected. Yes, it is for children. Uh, yes, it is based on a children's movie from 20 plus years ago. But uh, Keenan Thompson and, and uh, Kel Mitchell... Keenan and Kel, of course, were in in stupendous form. Kell returning as ed was was damn near perfect. He like slid into that role like a glove. It seems like eh cool uh there was even a reference to his character Kel from Keenan and Kel about orange soda I do, I do, I do the movie had a lot of callbacks to the first film uh there were celebrity cameos, of course. There were celebrity cameos from people that were in the first film, but were not in the second one in any capacity. But, obviously, uh, uh, Keenan's character, Dex, was up to his shenanigans. Uh, Ed constantly being Ed. If you liked the first movie, I suggest you watch it. If you like Nickelodeon films, I suggest you watch it. If you just want to have a good time without expecting much, I suggest you watch it. It, it, like I said, it was, it was a welcome surprise. Super cheesy, which again, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to be super cheesy. That, like, that's a given. It, it's, it's a fucking good burger. Um, <laughs> but no, it was fun and it was heartfelt and has a great message about things. And again, another movie talking about the dangers of AI. It's Strange what Hollywood's trying to tell us um, <laughs> but that is now streaming on Paramount plus I would definitely give it a, a a solid seven seven out of ten um, because obviously there was some it's really really cheesy it's short quick simple fun um, seven out of ten hands down uh, that is it though for television and film but don't touch your dial because we are gonna do My top 10 90s rom-coms. So stick around. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, we've done all of the 80s. We've gotten deep into the 90s now. Um, so last week was top 90s Disney Channel movies, before that was, uh, no 90s, because I'm trying to figure out my list, because there's so many, uh, we did 90s sci-fi, we did 90s horror, and, uh, yeah, we've done 90s teen movies, now it's time to do 90s rom-com, and I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that 90s rom-coms were the best rom-coms ever made, right? Rom- romantic comedies have kind of had died off in recent years. There's been attempts in the last year or two to kind of revive the genre. Uh, they kind of died off in the 2010s, realistically, in, the, early 20- in the, the late 20-teens. So the 90s was the king of rom-coms, right? We're going to go over some of the best ones. I, I don't think, this is not a list that I think you guys will be shocked by other than where I put maybe some of them. I don't think number one is going to be shocking though, so let's uh, you know drum roll if you will, forever and ever, and let's go to number ten, The Beautician and the Beast. Okay, <laughs> let me let me clarify. I know this is not a movie I think any of you expected to be on this list, um, but I love Fran Drescher in this movie. Uh, it also stars Timothy Dalton and it, it, it is essentially, uh, came out in 1997, February 7th, 1997. Um, it essentially a New York hairdresser moves to like, uh, Eastern European country to help a dictator raise, um, his kids and kind of like, I, I guess, uh, dial down his his gruffness and e- evilness. I, I don't know, but it's a it's a stupid funny movie and I very much enjoy it. It's it <laughs> Oh god, it's so it's so ridiculous, but I love it. Um it's so like I said, it's so ridiculous. If you've never uh if you've never seen it you should definitely check it out. Again, it, it Fran Drescher is essentially playing her character from The Nanny, but it, <laughs> it's funny. And plus, Timothy Dalton's great. Um, at number nine, and this this may be a bit of a a bit of a controversy of where how low it is. Uh, this movie also from 1997, released June 20th uh, of 1997. My Best Friend's Wedding, starring. The queen of rom-coms herself, Julia Roberts, also stars Dermot Mulroney, Cameron Diaz, Rupert Everett. Essentially, um, it's the story of two lifelong friends who made a pact when they were kids. If they weren't married by a certain age, they would marry each other. Um, But on one of their 28th birthdays, the guy calls like, hey, I'm getting married. And it, it... just there's so much shenanigans that go into it. Uh Rupert Everett is great. This is the song. This is the movie where like all the friends sing, I say a little prayer for you. Um there's a very famous scene that's mocked in a lot of movies like Forever and Ever and, ever, and, ever, and, ever, and ever. You know, I I don't know the words of the song, but <laughs> it's a fun movie. I've seen it a lot. Half of these movies I've seen because of my mother. Um, but it is literally a great movie. If you've never seen it, you definitely should watch it. It is, it is, it's very, very hilarious. Uh, the next is another great Julia Roberts film. Uh, it is lower on my list, which I think some people might be shocked by. Um, it, it kind of launched Julia Roberts into her stardom, of course, it came out in 1990, March 23rd, 1990. It is a uh, Pretty Woman. Uh, she essentially plays a lady of the evening, a prostitute. Uh, she's hired by Richard Gere, a wealthy man. Um, essentially, he's socially awkward, right? And uh, hires her, they become friends, they fall in love. I, I think it's, um, it's, it's different and i think it it kind of shocked the world a little bit but it's fun it's lovely it it is a great romantic comedy uh the next film which i i guess um i, I don't know if i would call it, it technically it's a romantic comedy uh it 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 is a movie from again 1990 um it, it's hard to quantify as a romantic comedy, but I, I think it, it is to a degree, because it's also very serious. <laughs> um, it tells the story of a man who dies and hires Whoopi Goldberg's character, who is like a medium, to help his ex solve his murder. I Like, y- y- this is a comedy. It has to be a comedy. Jerry Zucker directed it. This is technically a comedy. I mean, Patrick Swayze, man. Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg. It came out July 13th, 1990. So, just a few months after Pretty Woman. Like, this is the movie Unchained Melody, right? And it's the scene where the ghost... Patrick Swayze's ghost inhabits Whoopi. And then with Demi Moore's character, they like form a clay sculpture but it shows it as patrick swayze and yeah it's it's a it's a romantic comedy i don't care what anyone says this movie is a romantic comedy um (laughs) man it it's it's funny it's funny a lot of things make fun of this movie okay there's there's no getting around that at all. All right. At number six, another nineteen ninety romantic comedy. This time Out to Sea, which many could argue is technically a um could be argued as a, a uh odd couple movie because it does star, you know, uh Jack Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Um Oh man, it was the penultimate film as as them as a film duo. That sucks, man. Um, but it's funny, right? It it talks about or the two characters played by them. They're again, they're practically Oscar and Felix, but uh, their characters go on a a cruise, a a Mexican cruise, and fall in love essentially with uh, different women on the cruises. Well, Jack Lemmon's character does. Does he does does uh, I I guess I I guess Walter Matthau's character does as well. But it's a funny movie. It's really kind of lame, but I think it's funny. There's a lot of actresses in it. Uh, Brent Spiner's in it of all people. Um, Estelle Harris, of course. This movie it has a lot of old people um, jokes. And as I've gotten older, I appreciate it much, much more. So, if if you haven't seen it, you probably should. You might not like it, though. Um, I think it's hilarious, though. So, it it's 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 a fun movie. If you like Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau together, you're not gonna have any issues with it. I mean, technically, this came out before The Odd Couple too. So, I, I think it's because of Out to See, though, that the this movie, or that Odd Couple 2 got made. So, it, again, it's, it's an acquired taste, I think, but I very much enjoy it. I've seen it so many times. All right, at number five is a great movie starring um, Ben Stiller. There's Something About Mary. It... it This movie came out uh, July 15th, 1998. And it stars Cameron Diaz as well. I'm sure you've seen clips or memes about it. Um, (laughs) It essentially starts with an awkward boy who asks Mary to prom. And he goes to the restroom while they're getting ready to go to prom. And he zips up his dick. (laughs) Goes to the hospital. Never sees her again. Then in, in the future, you know... He's still in love with Mary and decides to go find her with a private investigator. Matt Dillon plays the private investigator. It's, um, this, this movie's ridiculous. It turns out, like, all these people love Mary. Um, <laughs> even Brett Favre is in the movie. It 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 is from the genius of the Ferrelli brothers who have directed some of the most hilarious movies, um, around, and some of the greatest movies that have come out as well. This is a, it just, it. it's so, <laughs> it, it's so funny. Um, it, it's just so great. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. I don't get to talk about it a lot. There's even a scene where he, like, Gets told to jerk off before a date, and then it's on his ear, and then Mary grabs it off his ear, thinking it's moose, and like does her hair, and her hair dries up, and it would... it's a it. By today's standards, it would never get made, like ever, because it like it's it's bordering on stalker status. We'll have to, one of the characters is a stalker technically, but <laughs> this movie is so funny, Uh and it's got a great music. Uh, great soundtrack as well. Uh, that's my number five, and number four is a underrated uh, rom com. It is L.A. Story. Uh, it came out in 1991. It stars Steve Martin. Uh, Steve Martin wrote it. Uh, released February 8th, 1991. This movie you might recognize it because it's it. Steve Martin's character is constantly talking to a. Um, like a a billboard on the side of a freeway um it it like displays like advice messages um it's a it's a satirical film as well but uh it it i think it's it it talks about life in a way that i don't, i don't think you would expect um and it it's it's different um wow. How crazy is this? A box office success in 1991 earned 6 million dollars in its opening weekend. <laughs> oh man, how far we've come in 33 years. Honestly, it's a, like I said, it's an underrated gem. It is one of the best LA-based movies. Um of course, you know, Steve Martin is is a great Actor. He's been great in rom coms over his life. Uh, but it it's it it it's it's an underrated gem and you should definitely check it out if you've never seen it. Especially if you're from LA. Uh and number four, this movie was literally on TV the other day. Um and what is this? Um Oh, this is the wrong while you it's called While You Were Sleeping. Uh it 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 stars the other queen of 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 com- rom-coms. Um and uh, it came out in 1995, uh April 21st, 1995 San- Sandra Bullock. Sorry, I didn't finish my thought. The other queen of rom-coms Sandra Bullock and it uh tells the story of a, of a woman who helps save a guy's life who she doesn't know but she's in love with. And then, after she saves his life, he gets stuck in a coma. And she kind of, like, presents to her family that they're dating and and engaged. Um, Blatantly lying. Uh, And then she ends up falling in love, realistically, with the brother. uh, Bill Pullman. Uh, Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman. uh, Peter Gallagher. Peter Boyle. A lot of great actors in this movie as well. Um, It is... uh, Again, interesting because of the uh, somewhat stalker-ish um, vibes of the movie, if you will. Uh, it's, I think it's funny. Like I said, it literally just happened to be on TV the other day while I was out at a restaurant, and it was it was literally on TV. Um, <laughs> so I, I thought that was funny, but I. I it's it's very heartfelt. I it, it's definitely check it out if you want to. I, I mean, if you like Sandra Bullock, you'll love it. it it's she's just trying to do right by, um, you know, by the character. It's and the story. I think it's fun, and at least she, you know, falls in love with the brother and not the guy that's in a, um, <laughs> not a guy that's in a in a uh, a coma. All right, number two is one of the greatest rom-coms of all time, starring one of the greatest comedic actors of <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. Uh, no surprise here. The wedding singer at number two, right? This movie is honestly one of is Adam Sandler's best movie. I quote it so much to this day. Uh, Released 13th of February, literally, this is a, a, look at that, it's a Valentine's Day movie. Uh, It would be the first movie um, featuring both um, um, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore on their, you know how many movies they've done together at this point. Uh, February 1998, Adam Sandler plays a wedding singer (laughs) in New Jersey, set in the, the 80s, so... You know, it's going to have amazing, an amazing soundtrack. I mean, it's it's Adam Sandler. Always great music in his movies. Uh, who falls in love with a waitress at the uh, wedding venue they work at. So, um, the waitress being played by, of course, uh, Drew Barrymore. For those of you who do not know, New Jersey is filled... New Jersey in the Northeast is filled with wedding venues. Like, they're not... Like, people don't get married at... Um, like when I say a wedding venue, yes, there's wedding venues everywhere, but these are literally like banquet halls. They, there's banquet halls built for just like bar mitzvahs and weddings and things like that. It's not, and they have like a full staff on hand. This is not, um, this is not like out here, um, where it's, it's a little different. These things have events like weekly if, if you watch like the Jersey Shore stuff like Jenny or jay wow and mike and and Angelina all got married at a venue like this they're fucking weird now, but anyway, would somebody kill me please <laughs> this movie if you've never seen it and you like and if you like um Adam Sandler you're gonna love this movie it it is like, this is the first movie where kind of the rest of his crew kind of shows up as well. Alan Covert's in it. Um, there's there's uh, Alexis Arquette is great in it. Even, um, who is that? Uh, Billy Idol's in it. Kevin Nealon's hilarious in it. Peter Dante is in it in a hilarious way. It It is just... Um, Christine Taylor... There is is such a great Julia Gulia. <laughs> this movie is so funny. John Lovitz plays an opposite wedding singer who like they compete with. Um, oh no shit! John Lovitz replaced. Anyway, great rom com. Great rom com. And that's my number two. My number one rom com is the movie I've seen more than anything on this list. And it features the king of rom-coms, if, if you will. Uh, it is... Nora Ephron directed and wrote this movie. That, that makes sense. Um, released on December 18th, 1998. You've got mail. Tom Hanks, the king of rom-coms, and Meg Ryan... As uh, polar opposites who fall in love over a—I I don't know—I don't remember if they explain how they meet, but they—they they essentially are um, friends that that email each other on AOL. The you've got you've got mail voice, you know. So I—I don't—I guess they met in a chat room. So it's oh, such a nineties thing they They don't know each other in real life, but they know each other over the um over the emails and they're actually like rivals in real life. Tom Hanks's character runs like a a giant book conglomerate almost like a Barnes and Noble if you will, whereas Meg Ryan's character runs a small shop uh bookshop independent bookshop that like her her family has run since like the forties so there, there's, it is a fun, fun movie. There's so many people in this movie too. Um, it's, 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 and then they end up falling in love, right? It's literally the perfect version of a romantic comedy. Two people that technically hate each other and um, then fall in love with each other as uh, they realize they're more alike than they probably thought. Steve Zahn is in it. Dave Chappelle is in this movie. So that should tell you... Um, like what it was like back then. Greg Kinnear is in it. There's so many famous people in this movie too... That are like famous comedy actors from the past. Um, including Gene Stapleton, famous for playing Edith Bunker and All in the Family. John Randolph was a famous comedian. Um... If you haven't seen *You've Got Mail*, this is again one of those movies that I'm going to tell you to literally stop what you're doing, and I need you to go watch *You've Got Mail*. I don't even know if it's streaming anywhere. Let's you, *You've Got Mail*. Let's see. Uh, it is on uh, nothing. Well, I'm not. Uh, hold on. Um, it's on. Tubi is free, so there you go, or you can rent it on different services. Again, if you've never seen this movie, you need to right now. It is one of the best romantic comedy movies ever made. Uh, Like I said, I've seen this more than, than any of the other movies on this list. It's one of my mom's favorite movies, that's probably another reason why. Uh, That is it, though, on my top ten rom-coms. So, ten, The Beautician and the Beast, My Best Friend's Wedding, Pretty Woman, Ghost, Out to Sea, five, There's Something About Mary, L.A. Story, While You Were Sleeping, The Wedding Singer, and number one, You've Got Mail. Uh, That is it for Nixner News this week, guys. Yes, I know we went a little long with not a lot of news, but I, I was enthusiastic about some topics. Um... Like I said, at the top of the show, the website is down right now, but socials are the best place to get a hold of me or to find out news about the show and the link tree. Please subscribe to us on on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We're on all those places you can listen to the show, just not your browser right now. Um, Nixner News on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Discord. We're on all those. Uh, And then, of course, I'll follow my TikTok, the Nick Defalco. Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. I will catch you guys on the flip side. And have a happy Thanksgiving. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, That means you're the fax machine.